of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored of one, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear, bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can it be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour. For he has regarded the lowly estate, the lowly state of his maid servant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts, he has put down the mighty from their throne and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Mary, the Hebrew name for Mary is Miriam. They are the same. Mary, Miriam, uh, sister of Moses. In Arabic, is Maryam, M-A-R-Y-A-M. Do you know what the name of Mary means in Hebrew? It means rebellion. 
Okay, in this congregation, I'm not sure that there is a Mary, but in the first one, there were there were at least two. Not such a great name, wasn't it? Rebellion. Uh, and some people go even further back into the Egyptian roots, and they say, oh, in the Egyptian uh, roots of the word Mary is called beloved. Okay, so rest assured, okay? You're not rebellious, you're just beloved. And in the Latin, Maristella, Maristella, Maristella school is the morning star of the seas. Uh, Mary refers to the seas for some reason. So all of you also know, if you pay attention to sermons, that if I had two daughters, I wouldn't name them Mary and Miriam, right? Because they're the same name. What would I call them? And? <laughs> not bad. Huh? That was the first sermon of the year, if I, if I remember correctly. Huh? So after nearly five months, you still remember. What can we learn from, from Mary? Now, I do not want to go the way of a certain tradition that really elevated and venerated uh, Mary beyond all logical and biblical bounds. Okay? But let's put our focus not on Mary, but on God. What can we learn about God from the biblical account of His dealings with Mary? And we know that Mary was a teenager at a time when the angel Gabriel visited her and gave her this incredible affirmation you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. But what was Mary's response? She was greatly troubled. So what, what kind of greeting is this? After all, I'm just a teenager from, from Ulu, a backward Nazareth. And, and they say nothing good comes out of Nazareth. I'm from Nazareth. I'm just a country girl. And then came the bombshell the bombshell from the angel Gabriel, that you are to be the biological mother of the Son of the Most High. That's a much bigger bombshell than Moses or Gideon or Saul or Jonah ever received. When these men received their bombshell, how was the response? Moses, when he was asked by, by God to set the people free from Israel, he said, but who am I? Who am I? He said, I, I'm not eloquent. Um, I, I, I am slow of speech and of tongue. It was an excuse. When Gideon was asked to set his people free from Midianite oppression, he said, but Lord, but Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I'm the least in my family. Another excuse. When Saul was asked to be king, he said, but am I not a Benjamite? I'm, I'm from the smallest tribe of Israel. And, and my clan is the smallest of the smallest clan of the tribe of Benjamin. And then he went and hid himself among the baggage. Jonah, we you know, Jonah, God asked him to go to Nineveh, he went the other side. When God told this to Mary, what was her response? I think as a good woman, she was all pragmatic, totally pragmatic. She didn't ask who, what, when, why. She just asked how. She said, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And then came what is called the Annunciation. The Annunciation is just a theological term for the announcement of the Incarnation. The announcement that God would come in human flesh, live amongst mankind, and that God would come via Mary's womb. What did the angel say? The angel said this, and this is the Annunciation. 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Annunciation. What was the response to this annunciation? Mary drove a fiat all the way from Nazareth to the hill country of Judea to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Okay, this is not quite correct, it's just cute. Okay, the Latin for Mary's response to the Annunciation is called fiat. It's Mary's fiat, F-I-A-T. It, it, it summarizes these few words, let it be done. Let it be done unto me according to your word. And Angel Gabriel's announcement that Mary would bear the Christ child, Mary's response, be it unto me according to your word, the Don Moan version. Be it unto me according to your word. The, the NIV says, may it be to me as you have said. It's not very poetic, I think. The Don Moan version is better. Be it unto me according to your word. And at that point, I suspect that Mary's life like just flashed before her eyes. Not her past life, she was only a teenager of, of I think scholars say she's probably about 13 only, or 14. I believe her whole future life flashed ahead of her. She would be divorced by Joseph. She would be disowned by her parents. She would be despised by society. She would be the world's first surrogate mother. But if that's what God wants, then be it unto me according to your word. And she submitted. In other words, Mary let go and let God. You know, I don't like this term, let go and let God. It's kind of very glib, you know, very cheesy. But I tried to change this term. I couldn't. It, it summarizes, it describes so well Mary's attitude. And because of this let go and let God attitude, God was able to do amazing things because of Mary's fiat. Be it unto me according to your word. At the first and, 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 and astonishing and amazing annunciation, that was first. Then came this fantastic fiat, be it unto me. A very ready response that came from Mary. And you would have expected that from now onwards, since she was so obedient, since God sent the angel Gabriel to announce this, that Everything after that will be hunky-dory. She's going to bear the Christ child and he's going to liberate his people uh, from Roman rule and, and they will live happily ever after since she was so obedient. But soon after that, they had to leave Nazareth for Bethlehem and because of some stupid Roman census, such an inconvenient time, she was heavily pregnant and she had to ride this donkey and, and travel long distance to Bethlehem. And of all times to do a census, why now? Why would God, I'm bearing the Christ child, send me all the way to Bethlehem? What was God's agenda? Maybe Mary knew, maybe she didn't know. It was to fulfill scripture, that the Christ child will be born in Bethlehem. And then when I get to Bethlehem, there's no room at the inn. I had to give birth in a smelly stable. And after I gave birth, there was persecution. I had to run away to Egypt. And what's worse, there's so many babies killed by King Herod. And my baby is alive. Why? 
I believe all Mary wanted was just a normal life, have a good husband, maybe from a theological seminary, and just live a normal, healthy life, uh, happy life. But God had other plans, and His plans depended on Mary's fiat. And God's grace was sufficient for Mary at every turn. She learned and she relearned that nothing is impossible with God, as announced by the angel Gabriel. She learned and she relearned that she had to let go and let God. She's got to let God work out His perfect ways, which are higher than our ways. And so time and again, she had to let go and let God. Very often she lost, and because she lost, she won. She lost Jesus twice, you know. Both times, she lost Jesus for three days. When Jesus was, was 12 years old, he was talking to learned people in the temple, and Mary lost, her, uh, lost him for, for three days. And then she discovered that Jesus had a godly agenda. Don't you know that I need to be in my father's house? Jesus said. And still at that time, the Bible records for us that she didn't understand what Jesus was saying. What was Jesus' agenda? What it meant to her personally, and what it meant to mankind. And except that one day that a sword will pierce her soul. And that's what Simeon prophesied. And what did she do? She just treasured all these things in her heart. She didn't understand everything, but she treasured this in her heart. And 18 years later, she found out what piercing the soul meant. She found out what excruciating pain that was as a mother when she lost Jesus a second time. Also for three days between the crucifixion and the tomb and His resurrection. In, in those three days, she knew that God was up to something, but she didn't know. Until Jesus was resurrected, she didn't know what was going on. Neither did the, the disciples, I think. But she continued to let go and she let God. The last mention of Mary is in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. And there she was listed among different disciples, among the 120 disciples. And I believe at that point, she finally understood that her role in bearing the child of God who loved her and gave himself for her and gave himself for mankind, what it all really meant. So let's dig a little bit deeper into what this let go and let God means. The one thing is you've got to let others. And so I say here, let God's people minister to you. You know, it was really tough on Mary, but God didn't leave Mary alone. He sent her a whole string of people to affirm her, to encourage her. It was Elizabeth, a cousin. It was Simeon who prophesied. It was Anna, the prophetess. It were the shepherds. There was the Magi. And the end of it all, at the end of Jesus' earthly life, he had the apostle uh, uh, John take care of Mary in her old age. And that is the way God loves. That is the way God loves his servants. But today we look particularly at Elizabeth, Mary's cousin who had a miracle child in her old age, John the Baptist. God provided another pregnant lady with a miracle child in her old age to minister to her cousin Mary with a miracle child in her young age. And you know that one of the most dysfunctional things that we can ever do when we are in trouble is to avoid human contact. And I don't know, so often we do that. We just want to go and hide in the cave and not see anybody. But God provided Elizabeth. And sometimes I think it's just a matter of pride. 
is, is a, a, a matter of lack of faith that nobody can help me. God has abandoned me. God cannot help me. And surely He cannot help me through some messy human individual uh, who can come and minister. You know, soon after the Annunciation and soon after Mary's fiat, she went to visit her cousin in the hill country of Judea. It's at least 100 kilometers. It's taken her probably five days or, or more to travel that long distance, but she was just, just newly pregnant, so I guess young and strong. And you can sort of imagine the situation when Mary arrived at Elizabeth's home after a long journey. And, and this is something that as a man I cannot understand, okay? As I imagine that scene, Mary comes to Elizabeth's home and they will be holding their hands together and they'll be, Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! You, you think it'll happen like that? I think very, very likely. Um, but I think only one of them jumped. Only one of them jumped. Because Elizabeth was six months pregnant, right? so she'd be like that. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Mary, you're here. So we talk about edification. How we edify and don't crucify, okay, one of our core values here in PPH. We talk about building up and not tearing down. And this is a fine example of what Elizabeth did, right? She said in verse 42, in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. And why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And then as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped with joy. And blessed is she who believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Those were her words of ministry to Mary. You can imagine how Mary felt. It's like in that four or five days when she traveled with this news in her head, with a new pregnancy, what's going on? And some even suggested that she traveled all that distance because she like don't know how to tell her parents that she is pregnant. So in the end, it's about faith. And this faith can be strengthened. This faith, God can bring people into your life to minister to you, to encourage you, to strengthen you in the faith. These are the kind of people who obey, who obey Galatians 6 too. That they carry each other's burdens and that in this way, they fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. These are the kind of people who obey 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. But you've got to let God's people minister to you. You've got to be humble enough. You've got to believe and have faith enough that God will send people to minister to you. Secondly, we've got to let go and let God. We've got to let God's Word guide us. What followed from Elizabeth's affirmation is... The Magnificat in Latin again. Luke chapter 1 from verse 46 to 50, 55, that Mary's prayer and Mary's song you read. Many famous composers have put those words to music, like Vivaldi, Rachmaninoff, and Bach. And, and I remember, it's quite a few years ago, uh, my pastor from Hong Kong, when I was in Hong Kong, I attended this church and a pastor who is younger than me, came to PPH to visit one day. Just surprised me. He just popped up. And I remember that the sermon that day was on Mary and the Magnificat, Mary's prayer, Mary's song. And this...
this pastor, um, I respect a lot, younger than me, but real biblical scholar. I visit his office. It's a very small office, but it's like filled with books. And every time I needed a book, I go to him. He will have the book. Uh, and, and so, and all the books he has read. And then he, he just passed me a comment as he walked in through the door. He says, um, anybody who preaches about Mary's Magnificat really need to talk about Hannah's prayer in First Samuel chapter 2. And I was like, oh, God. It wasn't me preaching. It was Richard Chia. Oh, God. I said, hey, cannot lose face. <laughs> cannot lose face. I think Richard better talk about Hannah's prayer. And, um, well, fortunately he did. Fortunately he did. Why did Richard do that? Because he was steeped in God's word. He knew God's word. And he referred to Hannah's prayer when he talked about Mary, like any good biblical scholar. Mary too was steeped in God's word. Why do I say, let God's word guide you? If you look at Mary's prayer in Luke chapter 1, 46 onwards, every single verse, every single sentence in Mary's prayer comes from the Old Testament. The source is from the Old Testament. Um, the Bible of her day. Mostly from Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel 2, but also from the Psalms, from Habakkuk, from Deuteronomy. Last Wednesday, we had a prayer meeting. Linda, our deaconess, was leading the prayer meeting. And we prayed for mothers. And um, when she prayed, she prayed using Matthew 11:28 to 29. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, which I copied today. She used Proverbs 31 uh, with, what, with dignity and I forgot. <laughs> uh, yeah, laugh at the days to come. She used the word of God to pray and I copied that this morning. Mary has got to be steeped in the scriptures in order for her to pray like that. To, to like Everything that comes out of her is just the word of God. The word of God. She must have hidden the word of God in her heart and then she was able to turn it into a song. It's a God-focused prayer like no other. You, you see here all the parallels um, between Mary's prayer and what is in the Old Testament. Do you know that in this prayer from verse 46 to 55, Mary said, He has, God has, nine times. Nine times. It wasn't like, oh, fantastic, I've got the, the Christ child. Oh, I'm so blessed that, that God has chosen me, you know. God has chosen me, you know. It wasn't like that at all. It was all about God. He has, He has, He has. He has been mindful of my humble estate, Mary, Mary says. He, he knows, He has knowledge of my frailties. He wants to bless us. He wants to great, do great things uh, through us. God has mercy on us. God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. He has filled the hungry those who have a hungry heart and a hungry soul. He has blessed those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He, we can count on His help. He has helped Israel. He remembers that He is merciful to Abraham, to His descendants forever, and therefore to us. He has, He has, He has. God-focused prayer. And Mary was able to let God's Word, let go and let God's Word minister and guide her. So would you let God's people minister to you today? Would you let God's word guide you today? God provides the people, God provides His word. I remember some years ago, now it's like well, 11, 12 years ago, at one point I was very discouraged, I felt so misunderstood and I felt like giving up, you know, the, the rare 
occasion in my life, there's only been like one or two when I said, yeah, I'm going to leave PPH. Those rare days, and a group of brothers came over to my house almost immediately, the same night, and they prayed with me, and they restored my faith. And they ministered to me. God provides people to minister to you. The question is, would you let them? I should have said, like, what for? I'm leaving PPH anyway. You know, why come? But no, God sent His people to minister. And just last week, as I was going through uh, the Scriptures, uh, uh, daily devotion, uh, uh, the verse from Jonah really hit me. And at first I thought it's like, oh, it's, it's out of context. It's out of context. Huh? Uh, God asked Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? Then I said, okay, out of context. Then I read a second time, a third time. Do you know that in Jonah, God, God asked Jonah three times, is it right for you to be angry? And I thought they ministered to me because I was angry about something. God provides His Word to guide us. And what is my response? What is your response? Drive a fiat. Right? Be it unto me according to your word. Drive a fiat. Last week, I conducted what was the easiest week service I've ever done. Really, I, I was supposed to be the minister there, you know, to conduct this service. But God's people ministered to me. And they told me, uh, you just help in this. No need to preach sermon. I said, yes. No need to preach sermon. No need to prepare, okay? Save time. And then they said, the family will do everything. So the family provided the worship leader, provided three or two musicians. The family provided somebody to read the scriptures. And the family had plenty of eulogies including a slide and sound commemoration. And all I did was I walk up there, I open prayer, and then I introduce one by one, and then I close in prayer. And that's all I did. It's the easiest wake service I've ever done. And at this funeral, did I hear eulogies about what a great woman this was, 87 years old, lying in a casket, that she was some great successful career woman, CEO of this company, when she took over, the profit rose X, Y, Z times and, and the share price rose 10,000 zillion gazillion percent since she took over. Never. Did I hear that, oh my, you should, this woman, huh? her earthly possessions are fantastic, man. One Rolls Royce, two Ferraris, one Lamborghini and Mercedes and BMW is like sub, sub, so yeah. It's like, <laughs> whatever, huh? small, small, small change. No. Did I hear that, wow, oh, do you know, the house she lives in got 10 bedrooms. No. Or she had the largest diamond bling bling of all her classmates. Or she had this handbag or this shoe. No. What I heard was an amazing lady who brought up and was the matriarch of 11 children, one mother, 11 children, 16 grandchildren, 12 great-grandchildren, a mother par excellence. It was so inspirational. And especially when the eulogies told of the difficult times the family had when, when they didn't have a home to stay in. They were that poor. And the children were split into three homes. One, uh, a few children with grandma, and a few children with this auntie, and another few children with this auntie. And this mother only lived with that, like the youngest children, and she held this family together, even as a widow. And in this family, there is now a senior pastor, an elder, uh, a missionary who, who practically gave her life. She, she died in service. 
and uh, a kindergarten principal. I'm talking about Evan Chua, his family, his mother. And this will be the first, he's not here, right? The first Mother's Day that he's, his mother is not around. What a fantastic woman. What a great testimony. What great eulogies I heard. And so I wonder also about Mary. What was Mary's funeral like? What were her eulogies like? And I can tell you that Mary died, okay? It's not in this tradition that say Mary zoom, just went up to heaven like, uh, like Elijah. Uh, that didn't happen, right? We know that Mary died. What did her adopted son, Apostle uh, John, whom Jesus said, you know, woman, this is his son. What, what would Apostle John say? What about her blood son, James, who wrote James in the Bible? What would he say about Mary? And we know that Mary had, had many children. She had at least six. Okay, If you don't count Jesus, she had at least six. Because in Matthew 13, it tells us that she had James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, and the sisters. So at least two. Huh? So assuming she only had two daughters, then she had six children plus Jesus. Scripture did not record for us the eulogies that were said on behalf of Mary. But we know what God said. We know what God said about Mary. And if you use non-King James uh, language, God probably would have said, that's my gal. That's my, but okay, that's too, too cheesy. It's not that. God said, what did God say? You who are highly favored. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is she who believe that what the Lord said to her will be accomplished. That was what was said about Mary. And what was Mary's response? She believed. She believed. What were Mary's last words? Okay, we, we don't have recorded for us what happened uh, like in her deathbed kind of thing. What did she say? But her last words recorded for us in the Bible. In John chapter 2, verse 5, she said, Do whatever Jesus tells you. Those were her last words. You remember? At the wedding in Cana. Do whatever he tells you. In other words, drive a fiat. Drive a fiat. Bid unto me according to your word. Let go and let God's people minister to you. Let go and let God's word minister to you. Let, let Mary's fiat be our response always. Bid unto me according to your word. Do whatever Jesus tells you. Can we do that? Let me ask the musicians to come uh, and help us with the closing song. What should the closing song be? Only one closing song, right? Be it unto me according to your word. Right? That's got to be the song. And I think Don Mowen has put it very nicely into a song. Let it be our, our response to God this morning. And, and pray using the song. I don't know if some of you might be, might be in that position where where you need to let go and let God. I don't know if something might be holding you back uh, this afternoon. You've got to obey. You've got to do whatever Jesus tells you. If it is to go to India, if, if it is to forgive a friend, if it is to forgive your mother today, if it is to do something special for your mother today, or whatever, I don't know. I pray the Lord will minister to you, will put that thought in your heart, and that your response is to drive a fiat. God, be it unto me according to your word.
pray together. Father, according to your word, Lord, be it unto me, be it unto us. God, help us to do whatever Jesus tells us. Bring people into our lives who would minister to us. Bring your word into our lives and will guide us. So Lord, I want to pray for all my brothers and sisters here, Lord, that your word will guide them, that there will never be a moment in our lives when we cannot let go and let God accomplish His higher ways in our lives. And that when we allow Him to do so, Lord, our lives will be truly blessed. We are walking in the will of God the Father. So be it unto us according to your word. And may the Lord bless each one today as we depart from here, Lord. Thank you. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.